Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle. I'm Alex, I'm your host. This is episode 37. As always, you can go back and listen to other stories of fatherhood by visiting thedadchronicle.com. Today, my guest is an old friend of mine. This is Matt. Matt, you want to say hi to the nice folks at home? Hello. All right. So uh, Matt and I used to work together. Um, I used to see this guy basically every day about, oh man, when were we working together? It was uh, six years ago. I think around 2010, 11. Oh yeah, so it's been even longer than that. Holy cow! And then you, uh, and then you had moved uh, to to Philadelphia, and uh, you got you got married, and you had a baby. But we've stayed in touch, and I've always enjoyed uh, um, following your your goings on 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 the social medias. So uh, thanks for being on the show today, man. I really do appreciate it. Of course, thanks for having me. I've in, I've enjoyed the show as well. Awesome. So why don't you uh, share a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the short of it was I was in, uh, Virginia when you met me, we started uh, working together at Apple. I had uh, just gone through a divorce at that point and, uh, was looking for a change. So I decided to move to Philadelphia on a whim, uh, still working for Apple. Uh, turned out that, uh, met the love of my life. We got married. We had a kid, something that I never thought would ever happen to me or nor did I even think that I would want it and, uh, moved on from Apple to IBM. And uh, that kind of brings us up to date right now. That's awesome, man. And okay, so tell us about your daughter. Uh, my daughter's name is Isley. She's just shy of two years old, uh, born in September. And uh, precocious, smart, whip smart, maybe a little bit too smart for her own good. Uh, and she's kind of at the stage now where she's walking, she's dancing, she's talking, but the words aren't making sense just yet. Mm-hmm. One will come through every once in a while, like milk or ba or cat. Uh, but for the most part, she just has these wonderful conversations with nobody but herself. And oh, I, I could God. just sit there and listen to them all day long. It's so funny. And Aria's kind of doing that. And, and you're right. Uh, so my daughter is starting to do the whole, like she's starting to kind of associate words with the thing. So we were um, driving back up from North Carolina. We went to a wedding this weekend, and uh, Ario is in the back seat, just kind of kind of whining. And we started teaching her some sign language, and I and I talked about that in a previous episode for you folks who um, may want to listen to that. But they, uh, like you know, she usually squeezes her hand to say you know milk, and I was like, okay, tell me, Ario, what do you want? And without even doing that, she just goes milk like that, and I was like, whoa, we did it. Like she, she said the thing. That's awesome. Um, h- how many of those moments have you had? Um, so th- I think it's kind of backfired on us because we did the same thing where we taught her sign language at first. So she, she does the hand squeeze for milk. Um, it's kind of like a chest rubbing motion for please. And the other one is all done. Mm. And which is kind of like both hands up in a waving motion. And so the words that she signs, she hasn't started to say them out loud yet. She's caught us off guard with some with some pretty good words. Uh, and, you know, we say, what does the cat say? She'll make a very clear meow. But uh, the sign language words, she hasn't really said too much. She continues the sign language. Oh, that's so cool. Well, I mean, it, it, it kind of sucks that she's keeping up with the sign language. But she's, uh, she's able to almost carry on a conversation. Like she's getting closer to that, and and that's both scary and awesome at the same time. Um, exactly. Tell me about your wife. 
Uh, so Lindsay worked for Apple as well. We met, uh, I, I was what was called a genius admin administrative position in kind of the back of the house. And she did the same thing at another store. Uh, and we met on the chat system uh, via Apple. Oh, and cool. so ended up meeting up and dating for a while. And then up in Philly, we got married. So she's very much on the same page uh, as me. She's very musically inclined. She was a professional musician, voiceover artist, things like that. And that kind of carries over into everything that she does with Isley, uh, teaching her to dance and sing and all about music and stuff like that. Let's talk about that for a little bit, because that's something that uh, you and I have in common, both, you know, a love of music and sort of the arts. Um, and, and it sounds like Lindsay is the similar uh, has has a similar way about her. So what do you guys do to really promote that artistic side that I'm sure she was born with and that she's starting to it sounds like she's starting to appreciate it more right yeah definitely i mean even even before we started teaching or anything if we would put songs on she would dance immediately almost just stop dead in her tracks and start dancing and same thing in the car as well there's always music in the car there's always music in the house and uh, she seems to actually have like a true appreciation for it even at such a young age so what's that, what, what sort of music is it is it like like aria dances to moana all day is it like that, or are you guys putting her in more, uh, having her listen to different things? So uh, we, we started with kind of like the adult music that we would listen to when she was really young. A little bit of everything. Um, as, as she started repeating words, I had to cut out the rap music a little <laughs> bit to back off. But um, much to my chagrin, she's become much, much more engaged uh, from a, I guess like a physical perspective when we started playing stuff like the Wiggles. So she'll, she'll watch the Wiggles, she'll mimic their motions and things like that. And she's very much into it. So if you had to guess what sort of instrument that she would end up playing or, or maybe even singing, like what, what do you think she would end up doing? I would say right now, if she had to pick, it would probably be a guitar. Really? Okay. Why is that? Um, because she's actually seen guitars and my wife plays violin and viola. So she's played violin and viola for her and she did not seem to enjoy it. In fact, she started crying. Oh no, um, really? Yeah. We have a piano in the living room and we turn it on and every once in a while I'll walk by it and mash the keys and see if she's interested in it and rarely ever gathers her interest. But when we bring the guitar downstairs, she'll just sit on the couch and strum the strings. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. So, um, I bought a new house and I built this studio in my basement where I'm going to do you know some recording and stuff i want to end up getting a drum set and i've got all my guitars and stuff down here and uh, i i sat down with my acoustic while aria was down here and she did the same thing it's so cool to watch them like strumming the the strings and she was smiling and laughing and uh she's she i, I would I, I actually up to that point i would have said she loved she would love to play the drums because she and I don't know, it could be just a baby thing, but she loves to like smack tables and like hear the percussion of it though. It's not just like the act of smacking the table. It's like, she'll even take a couple of, of like toys and, you know, clap them together and then kind of make that, uh, that, uh, tapping sound. And she would like to do that in unison with something. Um, did Isley ever do anything like that? No, not really. I mean, she just, she would bang. Um, but she didn't really become more engaged again until we started the Wiggles, which was only a few weeks ago, surprisingly. These the, uh, streaming services are magical for that kind of thing. She did dig like the Disney Moana, and she would sway back and forth to the singing. But I, I think when she saw the Wiggles actually playing like guitars when she became more engaged. That's cool, man. Now, I wanted to touch on something that you brought up earlier. You mentioned that you had never uh, thought about being a dad, that it wasn't of interest to you at first. Um, what kind of... 
shifted that perspective? Uh, to be honest with you, it was just the surprise of pregnancy. I mean, it wasn't something that we traditionally planned for. We talked about it. We were on the same page with it, but we hadn't decided on a date. And then the date decided on us. <laughs> Fair and enough. So you kind of just come face to face with all your fears all at once. And you've got about nine months to get it out of your system. Uh, just make sure that she doesn't see you throwing up from nervousness because she's throwing up from morning sickness. So she's got to have that. <laughs> so, so was that your reaction? Like when you first heard, are you just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Or, yeah, are you, was, or, or were I, you more excited or what? I, I was, it was a mixture of both because I knew that I, I, this was the journey I wanted to take with her, but there's, I mean, you're never going to be prepared. There, there's all sorts of fears that creep up all at once. Yeah. And you know, instantly comes to mind the, the 22 year old me blacked out on a friend's couch on a Tuesday morning, eating leftover pizza just to keep food down. And it's like, this guy's going to be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of scary, huh? Like that, thinking back to like how you were back in the day i'm not specifically like you i think about me even it's like dude you you little do you know that in the next you know eight you know, ten years you're gonna be in charge of a life form um i remember one something that you posted online it was i think i i think it was you it was like we have successfully kept a human being alive for a year or something like that when isley turned one what, what was that milestone like you know like you're a year into fatherhood uh, it's, it's amazing. It's a good feeling. Um, and then you sit back and you realize that really Lindsay did most of the work. So <laughs> yeah. I, I can't really take too much credit there. It was, it was more of just on my part. It was like, I remember to buckle the seatbelt though. Mm. So man, don't you, you, know, it's you, like, you gotta give yourself some credit. I, I don't know. At least everything that you guys post on social media, like I just love seeing the, the, the pictures of you and her, you guys seem to have a good bond. Like, do, do you feel like you have a good bond with your daughter? That's sort of a daddy daughter relationship or is she more clingy to mommy? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think most of the insecurities come from, you know, the way that I view myself. So I look at you and, and back when we worked at Apple together, you were very much on the business side. You were very well-spoken professional speaking. And I see you with your wife and I see pictures of you and your daughter and I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. That's a, that's a logical progression for somebody who's responsible <laughs> like Alex is. And then I look inward and again, I'm like, yeah, last week I left the car door unlocked with money on the front seat. I don't really think that I should be doing this. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Come on. You're killing me. You're, you're like I, I literally have like the opposite feeling. I look at you. I'm like, oh, man, that's that that's like the, the father daughter relationship I aspire to have. I think it's so cool watching you guys. So, I mean, does she does she is she more attached to you or is she more attached to your wife? It depends on the situation. I think that's always a point of contention between myself and my wife because, oh, really? I mean, she, she's she's learning. So she, she doesn't know things and she does things that to the outside observer and to my wife would appear malicious. But I think it's like it's just her being a kid. She doesn't understand. So like my wife will hold her. Lindsay will hold her and she'll just randomly smack her in the face. And yeah. it, it drives her nuts. And then sometimes she takes it personal and it gets it's very upset. And I'm like, honey, she just she doesn't know. Yeah. She, you know, so and then likewise for me, you know, is like. I try to get her to go to sleep. She won't listen. I can't put her to bed. It has to be my wife. So really? if if Lindsay's not the one putting her down, she's pretty much not going down. Uh, so there's different there's different bonds between the two of it. You know, one of the things that we like to do together, she likes to go for walks. So she'll walk along and she'll hold my hand. And I, I know that I really enjoy those moments. And Lindsay enjoys watching them. And at the same time, I'm like, you know, she, she you're her safety blanket, Lindsay. She she only falls asleep with you. She doesn't fall asleep really with anyone else. 
Yeah, we kind of have a it's a similar thing happening here. She typically I'm the one to put her to bed at, at least lately, just because I, I've tended to be able to get her down. That's not the same story as a little earlier this evening where she was just we were talking about it before we started recording. Aria was doing somersaults on me and elbowing me in the face and trying to just get comfortable on me. And, and she's in that mode where she's she can only fall asleep if one of us is holding her. Um, and lately that's just been me that, that has been doing that, but I had to call in the reinforcements. I got to get mom up there and yeah, Deanna's usually the one to be able to calm her down. And I, and I think that some of that is also like due to my, like, I, I tend to get a little anxious, like when she's screaming and, and I'm sure you've experienced that too. It's like, she's screaming and screaming and there's nothing that you can do to console her. And then, you know, maybe your wife comes in and that's it's it's like it's a little different i find it a little bit frustrating i don't know about you but it definitely is and i think i mean sometimes it's just you, you know um I, i'm not a particularly uh we'll say athletic person so you know at the end of a long day i'm worn out i physically hurt and there are just times that she will not calm down unless you pick her up and i'm i'm at the end of the day where i'm like i can't you're heavy now i can't hold you for too much longer but it, you know, if I put her down, she's gonna scream. I she I have to stand up and hold her, otherwise she just loses it. I know it's so frustrating, man. But I mean, like, so when we think about where you were, that guy, that young guy who was, you know, passed out drunk on your friend's house, now at your friend's house, now you got this, you know, little baby girl, and you're married, and uh, you're you're kicking butt up in Philly. Like, like how how did this shift in life? Like when you kind of look back and look at it now like how do you feel about everything up to this point i feel good about it it kind of it, it makes sense in the long run it, it took me a long time it, it actually probably took the whole pregnancy process for me to really start to have faith in myself i've always kind of just been like a uh, I, I have confidence in some areas but inward there's always kind of self-doubt about these kinds of things but making it through the pregnancy and, and getting through the actual birth itself gave me a, a confidence boost that i think i needed do you feel like there was a certain moment towards the end of the pregnancy or or maybe after the pregnancy where it kind of clicked and you're like, yeah, you know what? I got this. And maybe that self-doubt kind of disappeared. Or are you still dealing with that? I still deal with it on occasion. Um, I, I think it's definitely better now. The, the kind of, I guess, cliched movie moment where it was kind of eye opening. Um, we were in the hospital room. She was giving birth and I was sitting at her side and I had a, a washcloth over her head. Um, she's surrounded by doctors and there's uh, the room is very dimly lit. And so she says that the washcloth is warm. Can you cool it for me? And I was like, certainly. And I'm, I'm walking by and I have to circle around her and I'm, I'm making very kind of careful motions to not look and make eye contact with what's going on. Yeah. And so I, I run it under the water and I turn around and like there it is and her head is out and it's very real. And at that moment – I breathed in and I looked at myself and I said, oh, you didn't pass out or throw up. This is going to be OK. <laughs> and I just kind of walked back around and I think that was kind of a turning point for me. Wouldn't that. OK, I don't know about you. Like during that moment, I was kind of taken by awe. Like a lot of people are like, oh, stay, stay north of the border. Don't don't like look down at that. But, dude, that was freaking fascinating. I, I was so I don't want to say like enamored by it because, yeah, it's kind of gross. But that that like solidified it for me to the point where I was also like, I was helping to hold my, my wife's legs up or her, it was her right leg at that point. And, you know, she's like pushing, 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 and you know, you, you push and then you have to take the break. And I was so, I was so like fascinated by what was going on. I forgot to 
put her leg down. And <laughs> my wife is like punching me, like, put my leg down. I'm like, Sorry. <laughs> and so, uh, there, yeah, that was, uh, that was cool for me. I don't know. Did you, did you find it cool or are you just kind of like, eh? No, no, no. It was definitely very cool. And I think that, uh, again, the perspective was it was that Lindsay had probably one of the worst pregnancies you could possibly have that, you know, didn't end up in resulting in losing a child. So I think that her strength through that, you know, I was like, all right, this is time to stop worrying about all that. If she can make it through this, you guys can make it through anything together. So I'm trying I'm trying to remember. Um, and maybe you guys didn't share too much of it and I don't know how much you want to share here, but like, are, do, do you mind sharing like what specific things maybe she had trouble with? Um, she was sick for the entire pregnancy, all oh. nine months throwing up, uh, every single day. So that, that takes a toll on you at first. And then the actual birthing experience itself, uh, we went to one of the hospitals here, which I won't name, but it, it was a pretty, uh, terrible experience. Um, she went through close to like 50 hours of labor. Oh my uh, God. It took them 10 tries to get the epidural right, and she she begged them. I mean, after after so many hours of labor, she begged them for a C-section, and they didn't listen. So she just – I mean, it was suffering for 50 hours for her. Oh, my – okay. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty terrible. Uh, d- does that deter her from – or you from wanting to have more kids? Um, we haven't really gotten to that point, but, it, I mean – there is genuine PTSD there where if we drive it. by that hospital, she'll break down. Oh my God. I couldn't imagine. I mean, all right. So, I mean, let's, let's shift away from that because that is, that is awful. Um, tell me about your, uh, your father and maybe the impact that he's had on the way that you parent. Uh, so yeah. And I, I think it's, I, I don't want to I don't want to sell this the wrong way. So it's not that I don't want to be like my father. My father is a good man. He's a smart man, very intelligent. Uh, I remember growing up, he used to keep uh, pieces of paper that he would just list the books that he read on them, and that he would write in the smallest handwriting possible. So uh, the, there were these little um, I don't know how to they're like punch cards. And if you if, if you're if you're a newer generation, you probably don't know what a punch card is. But if you go back to the days that time clocks had punch cards, you'll know what I'm talking about. Right. And he would hand scribble this on there. So there's probably about hundred books that he could fit on a side and he just had dozens of these cards. So I always wow. had this kind of weird reverence for him as a very intelligent but quiet man. Um, but I was always with my mom. So like, you know, my mom drove us to school. My mom drove us to the grocery store. My dad would go out every weekend and run the errands, grocery store, liquor store, all that good stuff. But he would always go by himself. So we were always with my mom. So I think it wasn't until I was a teenager and, uh, you know, had more adult conversations with him that I really started to kind of realize the breadth of what he had done when we were growing up and things like that. So it, it, it's kind of, I think, one of those relationships where I look back on it and I appreciate it more than I did at the time when I was a kid. Yeah, that's it's always easy to kind of look back and see where maybe you didn't quite appreciate where your dad made all these sacrifices and um it certainly sounds like that's a similar case um uh, here. Uh so you spent a lot of time with your mom is uh is does your mom have an influence on how you parent? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she she was probably the largest influence on in the approaches I take today. She was a school teacher. Uh, retired now. So, so, uh, you know, she, she taught at the school I was at for a long time. And then, uh, we switched over to public schools and she was teaching elsewhere. And it was always, a, it was always a kind of a strenuous relationship because we were two wild kids, me and my brother, two boys and her. And so, you know, it was always her versus the world. Cause it was three guys and her, even, even the cat was male. She used to joke about, and that was always a, a pain in the butt for her. 
How so? How did she deal with it? How did she wrangle all that testosterone? Um, I I think there was a lot of times where she broke down in private, probably, and I I'm always very sorry for that. But there was also a couple times that she broke down in public, and I, we always felt very bad because I mean we run we ran that poor woman ragged. She get she taught elementary school, so she was getting run yeah. ragged all day long, and then she came home to us running her ragged. So she got very little rest. What was that like having a teacher as a mom? Uh, it's not. It wasn't as um. I guess you'd say strict as I thought it would be. Uh, the, the the classic story was that one time she actually did have to teach our class. And so when your mom's a teacher and she has to teach your class, the, the worry is that she's going to embarrass you. She's going to pick on you all the time. She's going to tell friends jokes about you. She's going to tell them about what you were like as a baby or show them pictures and you're going to be extremely embarrassed. And my mom did the exact opposite of that. She pretended she didn't know who I was. All the kids in the class knew she was my mom. She taught in the school. Her name was Mrs. Shaver. And she, when I raised my hand to ask a question, she would go, you, strange boy in the back. And that was a whole different kind of embarrassment. <laughs> oh, man. That's great, though. So she so she almost like turned it over on you where like, yeah, that's a that's a pretty stereotypical thing. You're like, ah, oh, no, I'm not mom. She's not going to be the one teaching my And then all of a sudden she's kind of making you look a little silly in a completely different way. I love that. She flipped it on me, yeah, completely. So, so you have a, a brother as well? Yes, I do. And, uh, younger. Does okay? Does he have any kids or? No, no, no. He's probably never going to have kids. Really? Are, is he pretty close with Isley or no? He is when they visit. He keeps up on her, and I know that he he loves getting pictures of her. But uh, it's my brother and I get along. We didn't when we were younger. We did when we were very young. Then the high school age, we we separated ways, and we never really kind of, I guess you could say, reconnected. Um, so we we just lived two different lives, but we we still keep in touch. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, is she does she understand the concept of uncle and and maybe that role in her life or? Um, does she pretty much primarily see you as the the primary, you know, man, I guess, in her life? I just think about how I try to, you know, be there with my my niece and um, and that's a, a relationship that I really, you know, want to have and connect with. Is that is that something that is uh, that, that exists with your daughter and your brother? Uh, no, when, when, uh, in fact, a couple of times that, uh, they've actually met, she's been, uh, semi frightened of him cause just cause he appears as a stranger. So she's much closer to my father-in-law and my dad than she is to my brother. And he's, he's on the West coast. So I mean, I see. uh, the, the best way I can put this is he kind of shuns, uh, modern technology. So he's got a flip phone on purpose. He's barely on social media. So she, there's really, there's no pictures of him. He's not a, a constant presence or anything like that. So every time she sees him, it's kind of getting acclimated to a stranger again. Right. That's a new, it's a new experience every single time. Yeah. How do, so how do you guys deal with the stranger danger thing? That's worked out really well for us because uh, she she becomes quite terrified if somebody she doesn't know tries to get it's near kind, her. Yeah. It's kind of good. It, like, it, okay. So it's good until it's like i don't know i just feel bad because it's like oh my uncle comes in from out of town and then all of a sudden she's like scared of him but i i'm kind of like yeah it's good because then i don't want her just walking up to some random guy on the street and saying hey you know and, and starting the conversation so 
Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think it's the worst when there's a, a ton of people in the room. So if you can get her kind of slowly into it, she's fine. But if we walk into a party that's already full and she's a she's a baby, and of course I might be biased here, but I think she's beautiful. So people want to hold her and hug her and things like that, and that's when it gets out of control. Oh, dude, she she is gorgeous. Like that's one thing that I look at her. I'm like, oh my god, that is a good looking kid like that's and i i feel i feel biased a little bit too because like you kind of look at aria and she's a cute kid too and i but i i felt that way too like when i saw isley i was like oh my god that's, the kid's like stunning she's beautiful so well, gets it from her mom well yeah i mean obviously jeez <laughs> so how, how are you going to deal with that in about i don't know 15 years uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there <laughs> do you ever think about that i i think about i've been thinking about that lately like, am I going to be I, that dad sitting on the porch with a shotgun? I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Are you going to do that? I, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy, but I think I think that is um, what I'm going to do differently from my parents. And I think that maybe the Internet age has made this a little bit easier. Is like you remember when your parents – I don't know if your parents did, but if your parents gave you the sex talk, you remember that, right? Yeah. It was a very awkward moment, and I, I've just kind of put my foot down and said, all right, I'm just going to be blunt. We're going to just get it out there. We're not going to make this slow. I'm not going to tap dance around it. We'll just talk about it. But I think about it, and and I think that this is one of the things that like truly, truly terrifies me is I'm going to have to have a very real conversation with her about assault because she is a woman, right, and, right. and that's going to come up, and it's I'm going to have to say things that are terrible, and, it, and I'm going to have to explain them in a frank way so she understands that I'm not kidding. Yeah, that that that's also terrifying. I mean, that that's one thing that I never had to grow up hearing. I never had to grow up hearing like, "Oh, you you need to carry this mace around uh and make sure that you're not um out at you know, in this part of town at night because of, you know, the the potential dangers." Maybe maybe they said that to me, but for a different reason, right? Like sexual assault is something that typically happens to women and that's scary to have a daughter in, in that situation. But like you said, I think, I think technology is kind of interesting because now we have an opportunity to have, you know, uh, th there are great tools like find my friends and other things that, that can help you kind of keep an eye on your kid if they're out somewhere or, um, different things like that. So, you know, I guess maybe not all hope is lost, but it certainly is disconcerting. And I think that the forums will grow as well. So, I mean, I, I'll probably sit her down and give her the dad talk and then say, hey, you know, go to these forums, talk to these women. They'll they'll tell you about their experiences, which will probably uh, be a little more relatable to her. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, a firsthand account of something that's that's very impactful. But um, no, this is this has been a good conversation. I always I always like to kind of end the show uh, maybe some words of wisdom. Like if you could go back and maybe tell yourself or, or give yourself some 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 wise words to to live by as you're uh, realizing, oh oh man, my wife's pregnant and I'm gonna be a dad. And I'm thinking back to the fact that I was that guy drunk on a couch at, at my friend's house, and and now I gotta raise a kid. What sort of words of encouragement would you give yourself? Oh man, it's it, it's weird to say this, but I, I and I, this I don't mean this from a, a cocky angle at all, but I, I probably wouldn't say anything different. I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything different. I do have a lot of regrets in life, but the only way that I would have gotten to where I am now is if 
by making those mistakes and having those regrets. So, you know, I probably would have gone back to 22 year old me and just said, you know, stay the course. Just keep in mind that someday you have to pay bills. Hey, that's a that's a really good way of putting it. They as uh, as some people's tattoos say, no regrets, no, no regrets, no regrets. <laughs> um, Matt, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And uh, for you folks at home, if you guys would uh, like to listen to more stories like this, feel free to visit the If you'd like to contribute to the show, email in the podcast at gmail.com. Again, our uh, guest today is Matt Shaver. Matt, thank you again. Uh, let's say goodbye to the nice folks at home. Thank you, Alex, for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. See you guys. Have a good night. If you like this show, Check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.